This week on Keystone Conversations, how the gospel could disrupt our lives, and what would happen if we were to pray more. And welcome to Keystone Conversations. I'm Randy Woodbury, an elder here at Keystone. Along with me, my co-host, the tanned and relaxed Philip Ramsey. Hello. How's Florida? It was amazing. Thanks for asking. We're here after the third service. Uh, Pastor Austin Wadlow, uh, salt guru, community college guru, teaching guru. Pastor of swag. Pastor of swag. I prefer uh, pastor of swagger. Pastor of swagger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looks a lot better on the business card, so I which, agree with that. Which, Philip, your, your best game is strong today. <laughs> Thank you, as is yours. As and it's yours. always good to call out uh, visual jokes during a audio podcast. But... <laughs> As we go through Acts 16 uh, today uh, with some great points. Uh, first, anything, Austin, top of your head after the third service that you want to clarify? Good to go. Uh, I, you know, I, honestly, I would go to the very end. I don't know. After the, after the third service, and I think part of it is just the way that I shared the story of going and visiting that prison. Mm. Um, I think the way that I shared it, honestly, it almost kind of made a made a joke about the guys that were in prison. Oh, okay. And uh, as soon as I got done preaching, I don't know, I felt like God kind of gave me a little nudge punch to my spiritual gut. And so during the response time at the end, you know, I just kind of got up and shared. Um, one, I felt like convicted over that because the reality is, I mean, that image of those guys being in prison mm. is that's my story. Right. You know, that's right. your story. And spiritually before God, that's where we're at. <clears throat> yeah. And, and also like to make light of where those guys are at. I mean, both physically and spiritually, like God wants those guys totally wants those guys. That's right. And, and, um, honestly, it's a powerful picture. Um, just of where we're at before Jesus. Right. And so it kind of leads in again to the big question of, of the morning of which side of the earthquake are you on? Has it happened in your life or not? Right. Um, a lot of a, and a lot of imagery from today's sermon, earthquake explosions, which I think is good as you talk about as we come into Easter Sunday and this the radical change there, the radical change that the gospel is in our lives. And so that was kind of, as I saw, the first point is you made very good connections between the gospel is what I call the radical disruptor an explosion, the earthquake, um, your fireworks story. Now, I am going to call you out on this because I feel like I have to. Okay. Um, my 15- and 13-year-old boy have never paid more attention in their life <laughs> than when you were de- de- explaining how exactly to make a firework bomb. They almost, not kidding, took notes. Okay. Wow. So wow. <laughs> at one point, I did cover one of my son's ears because we can talk about <laughs> sex or anything else like that. Fine. Helping my pyro boy with more Bombs. pyro. Oh, Seems I, didn't know, I didn't know how to parent that. So <laughs> can, I tell you, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. <laughs> so I was preaching uh, at another church a while back, and I used an illustration of I got a I got a can of knockoff Axe body spray, <laughs> like the cheaper kind yep. from Dollar General because it makes better fire. Yep. And I got a lighter, <laughs> and I I it was a good illustration. I promise. And yep. I did it on stage. Yep. And then that that afternoon. 
like by the time I'd gotten home from church on, <laughs> on Facebook, I was tagged in so many photos of uh, kids who it. had gone home oh, <laughs> and were doing that. And some of it was the parents doing it too. Sure. But I was like, oh no. Like, I hope there's not any like news stories <laughs> of people, you know, catching their house on fire or so blowing being up a their pyro hand is or whatever. True story. Well, well since you open the door, I have to walk through it because in college, my wife taught her <laughs> college roommates. They would spray their t shirts with hairspray and light it. And to do a flash fire. I Wait, saw, I don't get it. You spray hairspray. Okay. The residual from the hairspray on the shirt would be enough that you just put a match to it. It'd go whoosh. While they're wearing it? Yes. Oh, yes. my. April. Yes. Wow. Crazy. April, I love you, sweetheart. Crazy. And that is the story. As soon as my boys found that story out, yet more parenting had to be done. But, oh. no, that's wow. a great story. Now, the, the purpose of your story, um, as you talked about, is just in Acts, we're seeing how the gospel is extremely radically shaping the culture, radically, radically shaping the world. And one of the thoughts that came to me is, you know, we see that in biblical times, we see that in Old Testament times, and we, we say how we want that to happen today. Do you think that's truly possible? Can we still radically shape culture today as we saw in Acts? All right, I'll go. I'll go first. So, one, yes. it, it is happening. Um, not right here, necessarily right now in our context, but oh man, there's so many stories right now mm-hmm. um, around the world where it's happening. I mean, what's happening right now in China is mm-hmm. insane. That's what I was thinking. Some different parts of India, it's insane, and there's other movements going on right now. But even in the U.S., I mean, you look at the history of Christianity. Uh, there's been multiple times where you've seen massive movements like that. I mean, the, the, this maybe isn't the best example, but I'll get, I mean, you know, Billy Graham just passed away and mm-hmm. I think it was the 1960s when he did his crusade in, in New York and right. for, I don't remember how many weeks straight or how many nights straight that he packed out Madison square garden mm-hmm. and, um, and then some of the effects of that. I mean, so, I mean, you look at church history and there's some really cool books out there that talk about some of these movements. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but the heavenly man by brotherly Yoon yeah. is a great book for that. It's like, it's like the craziest story you've ever heard of how the Holy, Holy spirit has moved through China through one person. And I mean, it's pretty much the book of acts today's age and he's still living today. So it's a good book. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves too, and I, I want to be very theological accurate with this but when we're reading acts we're seeing the holy spirit give us the highlights of what the holy spirit wants us to know of god's revelation okay and we're covering a lot of time period and we try to equate it to our day-to-day lives Mm. and guess what it's not apples and you know and oranges a little bit where if you take a step back and look let's just say keystone church look at the last six years look at the lives that have been changed the people that are being reached when you take the step back and look at it in a summary standpoint it's sometimes easier to see than when you're in the day-to-day you know grind of life you sometimes don't see it as much and so i think that's sometimes we get maybe lulled into thinking oh we're not having an impact mm. true impact is the day-to-day continuous faithfulness that the holy spirit can use over time and then it's only when you take that step back can you see, you know, what you're doing? I don't know. That's yeah. what I, was I, I would press in on that a little bit, though, and say there, there's times when God just unleashes, you know, no, His absolutely. Holy Spirit. That's true. Yep. Great massive point. waves of, for real, revival, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, ultimately, God's timing and plan and 
when he does that is up to him. But mm-hmm. I would also say, mm-hmm. and this kind of feeds off of the message this morning, like almost all of the at least more modern movements, I, I mean, maybe all that have been studied have in some way been preceded by significant seasons of prayer, not by individuals, but by groups mm. of people. That kind of feeds off this morning's message of you pray and sometimes earthquakes happen. You know, yeah, so let's jump into that because that's definitely a cornerstone of your, of your message as well as prayer, the power of it, you know, what would happen if we prayed even more. And so that was a, a great part of that. And so I was thinking through that. Is there anything, let's just the three of us here, can we give concrete examples of the power of prayer and how that can move in our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, two examples come to my mind. One is Carl Livingston. Just recently, as elders, we prayed for him, and he had a mass in his brain, and the doctor was like 99% sure it was cancerous. And then come to find out it was an infection that is uh, curable. And obviously it's not the best place to be in the brain, but that was a huge testimony for me of the power of prayer and having a a very good doctor say this is probably cancerous. I mean, that's most, most likely and have it not. It was so cool. And just to see his family wrap around that and just the church family loving him through prayer was powerful. And I saw him yesterday. I told him like we were talking about fasting the next week. And as an elders uh, team, we thought if, we from the pulpit we were going to say like if you don't have some place in your connection group in small intricate circle to pray for and fast for we're challenging you to do that but if you don't then then do that for Carl Livingston and it was it was that week before Sunday we found out that there was an infection and that was really neat and then that, the other example I have was Dylan Dyer uh called me and him and his wife had a baby and they had something that was a little bit, uh, I would say a complication. And I remember him calling and just saying how defeated he was and, and how scared he was. And he also called Tom Butler, which is another elder here. And Tom said, cherish these moments, Dylan, because you're going to be the closest to God that you ever have been in these times of need and scared. Uh, so those two things and how God worked through those both were very, very powerful um, and it was a positive result, but God works through prayer in many ways. But those are the two examples that he he did work through, and both of the situations. And Carl's still kind of still working through that, but um, were were very positive. So, so as I think through in my own life, the answered prayer for us is me know the health issues with my son Colin, and we're coming up with the one year anniversary of that, and being based in a foreign country at the time where I didn't really understand the health system and everything was weird to me and it happened so fast and it, you know, 12 hour period, you know, 24 hour period, you know, from normal day, wife's on a trip, you're doing dad duty and kids and then you're in ER hospitals, he's in a coma and all this jazz. And so I tell people to this day, the, when people start reaching out to me, texts, Facebooks, either there or, you know, with Brent coming over and praying over him, the power of prayer, I never felt more physically in my life than then. And it's great. It is. It's, it's when I was truly at my weakest in terms of I cannot do anything. I wanted to. I looked at every one of those monitors, and I wanted to know exactly what that meant. And does that mean better or worse? And what can I do? And, you know, I was lost. I had nothing. There's nothing I could bring to the table expertise-wise. There's nothing I could bring to the table physically. And all I had was praying out to God, sometimes in screams, sometimes just through tears. And that was, you know, that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. And I hope others can, you know, I can minister to others in the same situation about how powerful that prayer can be. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I guess I'll throw in two really fast. One is, um, so back in October, like six weeks into my wife being pregnant, we thought she miscarried. And then, mm-hmm. so we went in early doctor appointment, all that stuff. And, right. and the doctor pretty straight up said, you know, you're probably not gonna have this baby and showed us the ultrasound and, you know, and so, you know, we shared that with the elders, shared it with our connection group and everybody really pretty aggressively was praying for us. Yes. And, and then, you know, we went in for multiple ultrasounds. They wanted us to come in for multiple ultrasounds. And you could see on every single one, like, this big old bleed that was happening in. And then we went in for a fourth, and it was like, it was just gone. Mm. And uh, wow. so that was pretty sweet. Another one I throw out is um, just because all the examples we've given of are, are physical healing, which right. there's a lot of those examples. Um, but the previous ministry I was leading, and this prayer is still being answered now. It's pretty sweet. Um, 2010. December 2010, we started praying for four things, and we for six years prayed for these four things. And um, two of the four were that we would um, be able to reach a diverse group of college students, right? Um, which was honestly like may sound like oh well, that's not really a crazy prayer, but it was in our context because um, though our campus is really diverse, our church was not at all. And there's more story to that, but, mm-hmm. uh, but then too, praying that we'd be able to make disciples in every mm-hmm. corner and crevice of our campus, our community and our world. Okay. Yep. And, uh, it's been crazy. Like, uh, I mean, by the time we left, the ministry was only about 60% white. Mm. Um, so that prayer was being answered and still is being answered. We were just there last weekend and it's so cool to see, oh, nice. you know, the diversity continuing to grow. And then too, the amount of people coming to know Christ, like, uh, uh, even since we've left, I mean, I, I was talking to the guy that's leading the ministry mm-hmm. you know, this weekend and, and, or last weekend. And he, he said this past year, they'd baptized like f- at least 50 college students and, probably 45 of those had come to know Christ wow. like, this, this year, you know. I think like, the cool thing to, to remember is we, we see physical, we see spiritual, we see overnight answers, we see decade answers, and no matter how much we think it or how creative we can get, God is so far more powerful into how he can address our prayers than we can even imagine, and so our responsibility is just continue doing it. And God's definitely strengthened my faith through seeing the power of prayer through both of you guys' as examples and Colin and your wife. It's been neat to see that he does answer prayers, and to be part of that praying and seeing the results has been definitely strengthening my faith in my life. Well, thank you, Austin, for bringing the word today. Wonderful passage. We'll definitely invite you to the fireworks display. <laughs> yes. As, uh, my boys will that plan your boys that are going to be putting on. But if you want to continue the conversation, please contact us at keystonelife.com. And until next week, go in grace and peace. Go Texas Tech.